Hey there. Oh, man. I'm trying to contain my excitement. Um, some news to share with you in just a second. Before I do, we are in a new series on the podcast. We're going to stay in it for a bit. I'll probably break it up with some episodes here and there that I'm just dying to share with you. But for now, the series that we're in is an interview style series with people that I've had the privilege of working with. And you're going to learn from them and their stories about what it means for them to live out a secure identity. And that will no doubt spill over into your life. So I look forward to you meeting these people. We also get to talk a little bit about the newest book, thestuckbook.com. So uh, what a fun way for these cool people to say yes and give of their time and energy to do these. Now, the thing that I'm really excited to tell you about before we get into this interview is that we've uh, publicly launched thesiteshiftacademy.com, thesiteshiftacademy.com. And what the Site Shift Academy is, it's a leadership academy, an online leadership academy. We launched it with six courses. So yeah, I am, uh, I've been a little busy lately. We poured a ton into this, whether you're beginner, intermediate, or advanced in managing yourself and others, in leading yourself and others, because those are, uh, you know, those are different. Uh, maybe you're beginner, intermediate, or advanced in your self-development and awareness and growing yourself as a human being, wherever you're at will move you further in this academy. So you got to go check out the page, see how robust it is, see all that's going on there. Um, There's a ton. And that's where I'm really diving into now, developing content for that and then serving organizations that we've launched it to as they uh, let their teams and employees go through it. So look forward to hearing what you think about that, thesiteshiftacademy.com. For now, let's jump into this interview and uh, look forward to hearing from you what you learned from it. Uh, thanks for being here at the podcast. Peace. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Glad you're here. And we're in this fun series. You're getting to meet some folks that uh, I've had the privilege to work with. So fascinating to me for you to hear their story, be inspired by them, and learn from them. And so today, I want you to welcome to the show, Reed Walter. Reed, glad you're here, man. Thanks for joining me. Of course. Uh, so you... Um, you and I are both in Columbus, so that's cool. Here we are by text still, not meeting in person. Um, and, uh, 21st century. Yeah, exactly. Always fun, though, to represent the C-Bus. Um, and you know, for SightShift, it's all about making the world know who you are by proving and hiding. So, no. What we want to kick off with instead is identity. I'd love to hear what you like about yourself. Maybe uh, something that you're drawn to that you go, you know what? This is who I am, and I like being this way. I like this about myself. Ooh. Um, I like that I have a diversity of interests. Um, I like to, uh, I like the fact that I can engage in a lot of different activities and um, that I'm drawn to a lot of those. Um, it can get away from me sometimes. But I enjoy that. Um, Love it. Uh, I think I enjoy the moments where I'm present enough to uh, really listen to my friends and family and uh, understand where they're coming from and practice empathy. Mm. Um, Other times it's harder to tell myself what I like about myself. Yeah. Sure. Um, Shame blocks. It's always an that. interesting question. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I, that's why I like starting off with it. I feel like it captures the ethos of Sight Shift, uh, the shame that would scream down our ability to be honest about what we like about ourselves. And I can, from chats with you, Reed, I can definitely just affirm that, yeah, the uh, the way that you and I could jam on like a ton of different topics and connect in lots of different ways, the way you were connecting the dots and rare do I sit with somebody that's referencing something philosophically uh, that, you know, maybe a documentary or something I can remember you mentioning that I wasn't familiar with and stuff. It's uh, really, really cool. So it's awesome to have you here today. Why don't you share with us about your mission, what you're going after? And this could be capital M mission, uh, some lowercase missions, but what's the doing of read about? Well, um, my mission is about helping get ideas that make the world better mm-hmm. in like a really large sense. But um, what I really like is I, I guess I'm drawn to those type of ideas, to um, small changes that can uh, create large kind of systemic differences, but kind of how I play that out in a a couple roles um, in that mission is through um, science work. So I'm always interested in life sciences and trying to get some of those ideas out there, but also in mental health work. Um, That was a big part of my life. And I think we're hovering around in winter to spring right now in that transition. Hmm. Um, But those are some of the mission that I think I identify with. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd like to follow that up with, and you can tell me how much you can or can't talk about things on both of those tracks. One would be uh, with the science part, kind of like what you're doing, what you're working on. I know you can't probably talk too openly about it, but at least what a day would look like of, of work for you in, in even a generalized way. Sure. Um, so I'm working, uh, with a startup. I'm the director of sensor development at ProteoSense and, um, without trying to speak for ProteoSense in this context or anything, but, um, we are developing a, rapid foodborne pathogen detection platform. So currently it takes three to five days to tell whether or not food samples have bacteria in them, a pathogen, and we are developing a 90-minute test. So uh, I started this work with Proteosense a year and a half ago and um, have had the privilege to help lead and grow the team through several funding events and uh, currently, we're working towards our beta test and Series A funding. Yeah. So science, when you said science earlier, that's not a hobby. That's you being... That's how I make money. <laughs> exactly. That's the doing. Uh, and then the passion for mental health, um, you know, that makes me think a little bit about your journey with uh, the emphasis you brought to that at Ohio State is that I don't know how much you can or can't talk about it, but love to hear uh, a few sentences on that, whatever you can yeah. say. So um, at Ohio State, I helped organize and create a mental health awareness campaign 
called Mental Health Matters. And it was a, a week of mental health events that we brought to campus um, in the last year. I, I came up with the idea during a uh, particular retreat that Greek Life hosted that had, it was called the Greek Diversity Retreat. And um, it brought together basically the most diverse reaches of the Greek community at Ohio State, threw them together for a weekend and, and said, you know, these are all the kind of different demographics here, um, trying to understand that and kind of jive with that. Um, this was, I think, three or four years ago. And it was incredible. Um, we had people there literally from everywhere. Greek life is kind of generalized as kind of um, very stereotypical, but it represents a lot of the student body at Ohio State. There's 12 to 13, there's 12, 13 percent student life there. So we came up with, they asked us to create an event that would kind of unite these different entities and something that I've dealt with my whole life personally and with my close friends, family throughout my whole life has been mental health. And I also saw that as a concern that every single demographic that was represented at this retreat had brought up. Mm -hmm. So we formed this event, did it one year, and then it went really well. Um, formed it for a second year. And this time it was from the position of uh, president of a chapter and that I became president of my fraternity and um, it was during the all Greek president retreat. So um, this was a period of time where the Greek community was really struggling with identity. Um, they still are, but they were trying to fill as a community their identity up by proving and hiding with different activities that um, are not generally constructive or fit the mission of their organizations. So I saw that as an opportunity to bring Mental Health Matters to this larger stage because it's something that every president there had identified as their number one concern for their organization. So mm -hmm. um, we formed this commission um, and led the next Mental Health Matters week. It was three to four months of really, really intense planning. Um, and we wound up with a week we had events on and we had over 750 volunteers and handed out somewhere around 30, 35,000 different promotional materials to uh, promote stigma reduction, mental health awareness, and raise resources for the Student Wellness Center because they had a peer-to-peer -peer coaching program, which is uh, something that I strongly believe in. So mm -hmm. that was kind of the spring and summer of, I guess, my mental health adventure so far. Yeah. Um, wow. So two passions. And, yep. Very, very, uh, I, you know, clearly they overlap, but, and, I, and what I'm inspired by, and we've, you know, at this point, you and I have walked through the figure that shift out together. So I've been able to sit with you and get to know you. And those chats that we had, uh, obvious that you approach both with a science brain. You know, you approach your work with 
the same way that you're approaching the mental health and looking at the, the best way to achieve the outcome. Um, and have been able to help people and, and, you know, giving where it hurts, helping out of, out of your pain. That's awesome. What would be some favorite parts for you of the community or communities you serve with these passions? Hmm. And I know this is a stretch question because it's like, oh, yeah, what, what, what do I enjoy? And maybe for one of you know, focus on the mental health. Like this is something I enjoyed about serving them and want to serve more of them in the future. Yeah, um, I really so something else that was a large part of um, my mental health adventure was group therapy. Um, so I did group therapy, um, with a, a men's group at Ohio state. And just so happens it's one of the few successful men's groups across the country for collegiate men. Um, and so I, I had the privilege to be there for, I think four semesters and really, um, kind of by the end of it, being a veteran in the program, it, um, gave me this enormous perspective about some of the moments that people in a journey like that go through. Mm -hmm. um, the kind of... What would be something like that you're drawn to that they go through specifically? Yeah, so, so I'm, I'm working on that. And um, the kind of classic, I think the biggest thing that people realize going through therapy that I saw was this aha moment of, ah, I'm not alone. Mm. Um, and that moment, I think, is the first moment towards healing for people. Mm. And being able to see that in those intimate therapy, group, group therapy sessions, but then being able to bring that more broadly to um, this community at Ohio State, we had thousands and thousands of people engage with this message that they're not alone, mm -hmm. that mental health does matter, and try to give them a platform to speak from that. That, that was really, I think, powerful for me. Yeah. Um, and science is sometimes a little different. Um, there's the think satisfaction of seeing something work for the first time that's really fun that I really yeah. enjoy. Yeah. So. Beautiful. Love it. That's inspiring. Um, cool. Well, what I'd like to do is shift from this kind of overview of Reed's identity mission community to look at just a piece of his life and look at some parts uh, we'll start off with the positive, the easy first. Where do you feel like right now you, you're winning? You have momentum. It's clicking. Yeah, I, I feel like things are clicking, moving forward at, at work, at a uh, science company. Mm -hmm. um, we've had a long time of um, employees in and out, uh, due to funding, continuity of funding, and the risks associated with that are not always uh, stomachable for scientists. Um, and over the last couple of months, we've really been able to dig in and build a really, really exciting team. Mm. And things are starting to click. We've got, you know, 
people filling whiteboards. Uh, we have like five new whiteboards in our office. So seeing everybody kind of scatter and make these changes and um, progress is really, really exciting right now. Yeah. That's awesome, man. What about a, something you feel like you're reaching for? It's not in your grasp. You know, this is uh, kind of like the spring of it. <laughs> the, the, yeah. You, you, yeah. What comes to mind? Well, I kind of alluded to this earlier, but I, I feel like that is the uh, kind of mental health part of my passion. I mm. spent 2017 without a direct kind of way for me to put creative energy into that. Um, there's a lot of reflecting on what, what had worked, what it didn't work. Um, what do I even want to do? I had a, um, after that mental health campaign, I spent months trying to, um, start and build a company of my own around it and, um, kind of reconciling, you know, graduating college in December. Um, what does it look like to be, a young professional instead of a student. And um, these are things that I feel like are only just starting to move from winter to fall or winter to spring. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And th those are the types of things that I think I'm looking at. Awesome. Is there any place that you feel like it's just completely, not that there has to be, there may not be, that's completely locked down, stuck and, um, definitely just confusion on I'm not sure what is going on I don't know why this isn't working and I wouldn't guess that there would be but I mean yeah when doing no, these I, interviews I like sometimes people bad that I can't think of something because that no. means it's probably where I don't see it but um <laughs> not necessarily I mean you know doing these with people I definitely get to hear their stories you know through this template of winning, losing, stuck, inspired, and um, everybody uh, is in such different places. And sometimes there's just not a place that, like, oh no, I'm like really stuck here. Um, but if there isn't, you can pretty much be guaranteed yeah. there will be in at some point in the near future, probably. Yeah. Like, oh, I want to change I think, this. You know, one one thing that I've been stuck on for a while has been just physical fitness. I had a very kind of altering. Uh, back injury, um, and I haven't quite figured out how to reconcile that with the type of physical activities that I used to do, um, powerlifting. So that's one area that feels like that. Yeah, that's awesome. Great awareness. And so now you know that, and then it's something you can do to go, all right, what's the next steps to take forward that are going to work for me? Because you know, the injury happens and things change. Um, I went sledding with the kids last weekend and injured my back a little bit. And I was like, oh, and got really scared. And I'm going to talk more <laughs> about this in an upcoming email uh, that I'll send out to everyone that gets email from me. But, um, I mean, it was scary. I, like, lower back went numb. And uh, oh, yeah. I was, yeah, I've had some back trouble about six years ago really bad. And so, I, I mean, I was laying on the snow thinking, okay, what can I do if I'm paralyzed? How, could I, how do I take care of my family? And, right. Um, I just told him, I was like, look, I love taking y'all sledding. I, in the future, I'm not going to sled. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I'm just being smart, building it around what I need. And so, uh, yeah, 
Great, great awareness. Well, cool. Well, one of the things that, uh, for those that are listening, Reed's been referring to that we haven't like explicitly stated yet, he's talked about seasons and spring and summer and fall and winter. And part of the reason that, you know, the main reason I want to do these interviews is to connect people uh, that are listening to people that have walked through, uh, figure that shift out, but also to talk about the new book that we had come out, uh, gosh, now like six, seven weeks ago, crazy. Um, and that's the stuckbook.com. And, uh, you know, Reed, you were gracious enough to say, yeah, I'll do this interview with you. I'll, I'll check out the book before I do. And, um, you've been referring to the model that's in the book already with the seasons and, and, and the fall, winter, spring, summer, uh, love to hear. We'll start off easy. What did you enjoy about the book? What was your greatest takeaway? Well, I I love the idea and the kind of roots, I guess, to follow the theme of talking about seasons and um, trees. We had uh, kind of at the end of our coaching sessions, you're giving me at that point we were communicating very well. And I feel like you imparted um, a lot of the book in one or two sessions that we had just kind of mentioned it. Yeah. And so to me, the like aha moments and um, kind of like epistemology shifting was going on, has been going on for a while about this concept so actually sitting down and reading the book was um, more just fleshing out some of these ideas for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I love the model. Um, I, I really like some of the visuals that you have, like um, stapling leaves back on the tree um, in fall. And, um, yeah, I, I, I always enjoy those stories and analogies that you have. Um, going around and around until you throw up, you know, um, yeah, that, that was really, I, I really enjoyed the stapling leaves. Yeah. Analogy. I, oh, good. Uh, yeah. I, I always, I try to make pictures nonsensical in my brain to connect dots to nonsensical behavior or nonsensical beliefs. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I, I, that no doubt came out of my own, like, it's like I'm trying to staple leaves on a tree. This is stupid. Uh, well, in doing an honest interview, was there any part that didn't make sense or you didn't like or pushed against some? Not that there has to be. Not everybody has something there, but I want to give you an opportunity to speak to that. Um, I think I connected a lot more with um, or had more, I guess, actionable insights about um, fall and winter than I did about spring and summer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that could very well be affected by this, the mental state I was in when I, when I read these different chapters and things like that. But, um, I think, I think the, the fall and winter are a lot, they, they resonated with me a lot more strongly. Um, no, I get that. that yeah. It's been funny to have people say like, man, like you should tell people to skip the first two parts of the book uh, just in case. Cause if they're in spring, I mean, I didn't really resonate with fall and winter, but spring I was like, yes. Uh, so it definitely depends on, you know, where you're at. Um, okay. 
What I'd like to do now is shift gears a little bit, have some fun, and it's almost like we're going to do this little more rapid fire on the hot seat, and uh, love to hear about, and you could doesn't have to be quick, um, where you would like to have known the stuck book or sight shift at an earlier point, and what message would you take back to yourself? You know, what was the context of that, and what message would you take back? Uh, um, I don't know before high school. Um, I, so for, I guess the listeners, I don't, I don't know at what point you listen to this podcast, but, um, the idea of not being my roles has just, I think fundamentally changed my life. Um, I, in, in kind of the insights about where, in, in the opportunity to reflect about my childhood and where some of my um, insecurities and fears come from and how they interplay with my life, um, I just, I see that in uh, everywhere. Um, so, for example, um, I was kind of one of those rebellious kids in, in, Growing up in, in grade school, I was bored. I had divorced parents. I, you know, always didn't feel like enough. But then there was this period of my life where I was on so much Adderall in Concerta um, to change me to fit what, I guess, society or the educational system that I was in. I was in a Catholic school. Um, thought I should be. It left me with this deep imprint of not feeling like enough um in this fear of not being enough so in everything i have done since high school and college um i think that has played a major role um when i was running track i you know i was great at it but then i it never felt like enough so i just overtrain until i couldn't run anymore. And I had to end my career or what I thought was going to be my career. Um, same with jazz, you know, I, I played until, um, I, yeah, it, it was problematic. Um, with the mental health campaign, I think I'm part of the reason I'm still in winter is that, um, I struggle to feel like that was enough or that I was enough during that period. And it left me um, drained and unable to actually have the clarity to make the best decisions about the organization that I was leading. Um, so I guess childhood. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm not sure if it hits everybody that hard, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's never too soon to, tell a child or tell a person that they are enough the way that they are. Yeah. So beautiful. I, yeah, I, I, mm, I'm fist bumping you on that. Um, feeling it, feeling it. Well, tell me about, uh, a recent idea that has you excited a book, a podcast, a resource, and you kind of break through. And I know we're going from something heavy to something like way lighter and that's okay. Uh, life does that to us. Um, but yeah, sure. if, if we're, if, uh, you're hanging out with some people, you and I are getting some coffee and you're like, dude, have you seen 
or heard, what would that be? Um, <laughs> well, this is kind of weird. It's just top of mind, maybe. But um, I recently picked up The Road Less Traveled, which um, is by M. Scott Peck, and mm-hmm. you uh, brought that up in your book, actually. You quoted yeah. him. Yeah. Um, and I'm really excited about the way he kind of reframes the idea of love. Um, and he kind of talks about Texas and um, this kind of like dialogue about these basic emotions really excites me. And I have been talking to a lot of friends about this lately. Um, so that's kind of an odd occurrence. <laughs> Got it. That's funny. That's yeah. Sticking out in my head. Um, cool. I like it. So people maybe like, would be interested or intrigued to pick that book up. That's exactly what I'm thinking when I ask that question. Uh, tell me about you get an unexpected free day or free afternoon, right? And no judgment, your time. What would you go do? Um, I would go finish Peaky Blinders. <laughs> Wait, you I just mean, started the fourth season, and I'm limiting myself to an episode a day, and it's, like, killing me. So you what is that on Hulu, Netflix? Netflix. Gotcha. What is that show about? Just... Um, it's about a, um, it's about a gang in the, I don't know what the time period exactly is. It's like right up, right around the industrial revolution. Um, and they, in the course of the series, they go from kind of these bookies, um, to like owning the horses to fighting the mafia. So it's just this grand story and, Every time you think it can't get bigger, it does. So, oh, I got to check it out. Sounds intriguing. Um, tell me about this. What's something you're into? A lot of people around you may not be. This is your chance to fly your freak flag and share a little bit about yourself uh, of the things that interest you. You, you know, if somebody got you going on this at a party. You'd be like, ah, oh, Reed's never going to shut up about that. Um, I have been really into cooking lately, so. Um, I actually was at a bar a couple days ago and got in way too much detail about pie crusts and somebody asked me to just not talk about it anymore. So, um, (laughs) like, I don't really want to know that. So, um, that's kind of what's been biting me lately. Oh, dude, that's funny. I love it. I'm, I mean, I made tomato sauces for my family members for Christmas and hopefully they some of the feedback has been well you know it was a little overdone <laughs> <laughs> well go you for trying that's amazing so everybody's exactly. still alive then no no one died from no botulism <laughs> yeah one of my family members asked if they can trust my canning method yeah and I was like I'm a microbiologist yes <laughs> <laughs> I, I do have to admit that if an average person hands me a canned good I am not going to consume it, and it's going to go home and go in the trash can. Uh, you handing it to me, knowing what you do, I would be like, I feel okay about this. I can trust this process. This guy's got the the, the background and the knowledge and the skills to have this dialed in. Um, well, is there anything else that you would just want to say to people listening? Um, not that there has to be, just give you that opportunity. Hmm. 
Um, I had to fill the gap with an um. All good. You're thinking it out. You know, I think I've said what I would want people to hear mm -hmm. about. Um, I mean, I think one of the biggest messages I'm trying to communicate to everyone close to me is that separation of yourself from the things that you do um, and being able to love yourself or receive love or just have self-worth separate from the things that you do. Um, I had probably one of the best conversations I've had with my sister about that as she was um, navigating a career decision that was taking on more risk than she is used to. And it's like, even if this doesn't work, you know, you're still you. And let's talk about our childhood and how that went, you know? Mm -hmm. And so um, just like being open to reflection mm. is important. Mm. And Thank you. Leaning into that with those around you can be life altering. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for emphasizing that. I mean, I feel like, uh, you know, what you know this from what we went through, um, I have to say so often when I'm speaking especially, I have to create a, con a context like, this is going to feel weird, but we're going to introspect. And, you know, yeah, what a, what a great reminder of the importance of it. Uh, if folks wanted to engage you online and they listened to this and said, man, I, I need to ask Reed this. I'd like to talk with him about this. Where would you point them to? I uh, don't have a very good online presence, but I guess LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah, I'd say it could be LinkedIn, Instagram, anything. What, so, yeah, what would that be? LinkedIn, would it be LinkedIn or Instagram? Uh, LinkedIn. Okay. What's the LinkedIn? Just Reed Walter, easy to... Columbus, Ohio. I am checking right now. <laughs> Amazing technology. We're looking it up now. This is real time, people. LinkedIn.com slash IN slash read R Walter. Two E's R W A L T E R. There it is. There it is. So uh, I'll respond to your message, but it might, might not be timely. Hey, that's okay. People can understand <laughs> that. Uh, for the Illuminati, conspiracy theory exists uh, there's like this huge web presence dedicated to thinking that every part of these interviews are planned out um you just we just need to debunk it by showing how on the fly we did that uh <laughs> people right now that are like wait what i yeah no no there's no internet presence on that nobody cares <laughs> uh cool so awesome to have you on the podcast such a privilege to hear just about your journey what you've been through and how you're growing and learning um i can think of multiple places people are going to take things away and uh, take away from this and be inspired and encouraged so thanks reed for being here uh those that are listening thank you we're so glad to have you have an awesome day peace